We know that forever we will walk in prosperity. So Jesus is the same yesterday. He's the same forever, which means he's the same today, which he's not into you being broke or walking in poverty. Number numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? Okay, so it's very important that this is very important. God does not change his mind concerning you. This is particularly true with, with everything, but let alone when it comes to sin. Okay, the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God does not change your mind. How many of you know? How many know there are some things that you can do, and if it's too destructive or it's too demonstrative, how many know people say, oh, I ain't got nothing to do with you no more? See, so we're used to people operating with you, operating like that. On your job, it's three strikes, you're out. They give you an oral, then they give you a, what is it, verbal first, then it's written second, and the third one, you're out. You know, because of the three mistakes, we don't have anything to do with you. See, they change because of how you operate it. But with God, he does not change his mind concerning you. So it's very, very important to understand what God's true intent for you was by looking at the beginning with Adam and looking at the end, which is forever. So however he thinks about those two things is how he's trying to think about you right now. You understand? Because he see, it's not that God won't change. It's that he can't. It's not that he won't lie. He can't lie because anything he says will come to pass. See, so, so he's an individual that does not change. He cannot change. And that's very, very important. It's important when it comes to prospering because it does not matter how much money you have squandered. It does not matter how much you have wasted. It doesn't matter how much time you have wasted. You can mess your life up. Let me tell you something. God has a plan for you. He has an intention for you the day you are born. You can mess your life up and stay on the wrong road for 70 years. And then in the 71st year, you can say, Lord, I want to give my life to you and I'm ready to start. And guess what God says? All right. Well, for the 70 years you were acting a fool, I had never changed my mind. Therefore, I haven't changed my mind now. So at 70, we're going to get started. See, so so if you get in your mind, see, I see all of this stupid stuff on Facebook all the time. Well, why will God do this? And why? Would, you know, I told you about the one. Why will God heal you um, if you haven't been eating right? Any of y'all remember in the Bible, Jesus. See, this is the type of stupid stuff that men come up with when they can't get people healed. We, y'all, y'all hearing the prosperity stuff to kick it off. Wait till you hear the testimonies of people that's been getting healed of AIDS Amen. and cancer. Amen. Y'all remember the gentleman that got up here and talked about he went to the doctor with the incurable disease and they asked him, what'd you do? Like he knew how to operate on himself. They said, what did you do? Okay. And so, so you got all of these stupid statements. Why would God prosper you when you've been disobedient for years? Or well, maybe because of the song we sang that he is good and he doesn't change. Why would God heal you if you ain't been eating right? Um, because I don't remember Jesus interviewing anybody before he got them healed. What should I have been like for the last three months to see if you're worthy? See, that's the type of stupid stuff you come up with when you can't get the result. Then what you do is you come up with religious stuff in order to make me look good and make y'all look bad. That's where that comes from. I don't know how to teach it. I can't get the result. So we got to come up with these excuses on why we can't get the result. Instead of seeking the Lord, say, what's wrong? That's what most people don't do. Most people don't ask what's wrong. Y'all, I checked out over 15 years ago. 
I've been checked out because I got tired of reading the Bible and coming to church and not seeing it. I got tired of seeing people. I got tired of seeing people being laid hands on and you fall out. Oh, and then you get back up and the cancer is still there. I got a huge problem with that. I call that fake. See, well, so where y'all was shouting, I was in the back eating popcorn watching. No, something wrong here. Check. <laughs> hey, so this series is placing you on the right road. Okay. We've been on the wrong road. Just because you say you're on the right road doesn't mean you're on the right road. Just because you sing in about being on the right road, praising about being on the right road, and even saying stuff, you know, doesn't mean you're on the right road. You know you're on the right road when a manifestation shows up in your household. And my wife will tell you, I'm not a man that, 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 that can deal with no manifestation. I can't deal with that. Okay. Otherwise, this, what are we doing this for? So, so you're going to need to exercise a little patience because if you've been thinking wrong for 30 years, you're not about to manifest everything overnight. So, so this is meant to put you on the right road. And then the right road, you start driving down that road. And now you'll start having new and more powerful experiences because the experiences on the right road are, are, are different than the experiences on the wrong road. Watch this. You'll have bad experiences on the right road and you'll have wonderful experiences on the wrong road. Did I say that correctly? I, I mean, you know, you know, you drive into California and you get on the wrong freeway, you know, and, and, and watch this. You can drive for three hours in the wrong direction. And you're going to see some nice horses that you were never supposed to see. You're going to see some nice houses you were never supposed to see. You got so hungry, you pulled off and, got, and ate at this restaurant where they had great sweet potato pie that you were never supposed to taste because you were on the wrong road. That's the danger side about being on the wrong road. There are a lot of good experiences on the wrong road. And we equate good experiences with God. No, sometimes the wrong road bring hell against you to see if you can destroy it. You understand? So you got to be careful about that, okay? <clears throat> so I was talking to my wife. One of, the most, uh, one of the most dangerous things is, and it hits me by accident almost, just unguarded, is when my wife and I will start talking, and my wife will start breaking down. It's, a, it's weird because my wife will be preaching to me, and it's like God, listen, here's her voice, and he start preaching at the same time. And so I have to tell her, stop. Hold that, hold that word, Reverend. And, and I had to write something down. And I say, and I mean, I'm serious. And so my wife, you know, Wednesday night, we we're watching those. Uh, they created a, what is the Discovery Channel? They, uh, the One Strange Rock. And it looked really, really good. I mean, the cinematography is just amazing. So I recorded all of the episodes. And Wednesday night after church, we got a little bite to eat and was sitting in front of the television. Started watching that thing. And, and then I realized that the whole series is nothing but a big, thumbs up for evolution the whole thing it was just it started irritating me i said is this irritating you i don't remember what she said she just said well this is a sign that you need to turn it off she said we need to meditate on what you preach wednesday night because she said this stuff you preaching is on another dimension Amen. so she's talking and while she's talking the holy ghost says tell your people that poverty is disgusting to us Now, I know I made her the reverend be quiet. And I was, <laughs> just, what? You know, poverty is disgusting. Then I'm riding my bike thinking about what he said when she was talking. And he said, what vomit is to you, that's what poverty is to us. That's why when it comes to the poor, we didn't even tell you to bless the poor. We said give generously to the poor. 
Not $5 at the stop sign if they worthy. And so, so, but, but God hates poverty. And the church has done such a terrible job with this. I'm going to leave that alone for a certain reason. Okay, but I'm just, I'm just saying that, 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 you know, Jesus didn't say nothing about interviewing the poor. Okay, he didn't say nothing about finding out why they were poor. He said help them. When Judas turned his back on Jesus, they thought he was going to get, when you, I dare you to do a study on the poor in scripture, what it says you're supposed to do for the poor. 99% of the time it says you're supposed to be trying to bring them up. But the body of Christ won't even help their own folk in the congregation, let alone the poor. Okay. And so I've had people, I've had people that knew that I knew they were playing a game on me. I knew it. Let me tell y'all something. People will lie, but you got to look past the lie and say, why are they lying? See, some people, they know that they got to concoct. Look, if you don't have nothing to eat, you understand what I'm saying? And you don't have nothing to drink. And, and, and that's a bad feeling. You'll come up with a crazy story that make, that make people feel bad to try to, because you're not really a, 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 an evil individual. It's just that, let me tell you something. Let, let one of y'all spirit feel word talking, tongue talking, people get hungry. Y'all be like, no, I would just wait on the Lord. Mm-hmm, you'd be right up in Kroger stealing apples. I'm just, you don't know what that feels like. You don't know what that feels like. Okay, there's a reason why people who have been, uh, there was a movie that we watched years ago, was it called Alive, about that plane crash? And that, they, that, that plane crashed way out there in the, in, um, I don't know, I can't hear what you said. But, but it, 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 somewhere in Antarctica, somewhere in a place where it was cold, and they ran out of food, and somebody had died. This is a true story, by the way. So they started eating the individual that was dead. He was frozen, so they cut that thing up and just swallowed it. Oh, I would never. Oh, okay, all right. You'd be out there in the wilderness eating dead rats. You don't know what a hunger pain feels like. I don't. Yes, I do. I know what it feels like when I got food. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. I know what the, man, that thing hits you the right. How many know during the fast? When we do this fast every month, by the way, the next three-day fast is next week, so prepare yourselves. You're like, oh, man, every, yep, every month we do this three-day fast, and there are some good days, and I've, I've had some good days. Uh, <laughs> y'all remember that old song? Man, man, you're going to that fast like Godzilla. Oh, by day two, you got a pizza in your head. Like, I'm so sorry, Lord. We're going to have to try this again next month. Now, that's what us, knowing we going into the fast, knowing we going in, preparing psychologically and spiritually and gearing up Godless Holy Ghost power. Okay, so, so people are lie because they're in a position where that's the only thing they know how to do. That's why the Bible says if a thief steals in order to just to satisfy his hunger, it says don't hold it against him. See, God, see, with God, it's not always the sin. It's why the person committed the sin. That's why there are some things that God sometimes will let go in a person's life because he knows had they grown up with a different set of parents, they wouldn't be doing that. Man, I'm getting off. Y'all trying to pull me into the abyss, okay? Oh, here's another statement. I only have a couple of statements and one story that my wife is going to share. Because I told you it's like today. This right here messed me up. I almost fell off the bicycle. No, I'm, I'm serious. When, when I said this, 
I was riding that bicycle, y'all. And and because the Holy, as I preached this, the Lord is showing me just the mentality of the sons and daughters of God. We talk a big game. But the truth be told, you throw most Christians in the fire, they're going to burn. This right here threw me for a loop. He said, do you know when it comes to faith that Jesus Christ, the son of God, you accepting him was supposed to be the hardest thing you ever did? Man, he showed this to me like a little kid. My, my wife and I were talking about this. How many know kids come out the womb expecting a mansion? We, him and I are both mentors in school, and, and especially with them kindergartens, before they get corrupted by the parents. Man, them, them kindergartens, man, you ask them kids, I want to be an astronaut, and I want to fly to friendly skies. I'm going to have 30 jets. And you, man, ask these kindergartens. Man, I'm going to have me. They don't even have a concept of what it take to have 20 matches, but they're going to have 20. This is what's in there. They are born. Actually, you're born like God, but then sin corrupts you. Okay, and, and, and mentalities and your parents and all that type of stuff. Me and these kids, they, they got cars and, and they get to talk about what they're going to buy their mama and what they're going to buy their daddy and their grandmama and I'm going to bless the whole world. I'm going to be a singer. I mean, all of this prosperity. And so, and so, so what, what, what's going on is, is that you were supposed to be born knowing that prosperity was normal. Therefore, the hardest concept for you to ever conceive is that a God died for you. Y'all, y'all see how this is twisted so bad? So, so prosperity is normal. You see it with the kids. Well, wait a minute. You're telling me that the man that created me, he sent his son to die for me? Yeah. And he went to hell for me? Yeah. See how this could be complex, hard to receive for a person? And, and he, he got up and he, he, he got up out the grave and he went to heaven for me? Yes. And he gave me his name? Yes. And he gave me his angels? Yes. And you're you telling me that this, this individual that died for me, as, as many as received him to them gave he power to become like him. You mean to tell me I'm just like him now? Yeah, because 1 John 4, 17 says, as he is, so are we in this world. And he made me an ambassador and more than a conqueror and a son and a king and a priest and a Lord. See how, see how that was supposed to boggle your mind and, and buckle your knees and, and your faith had to really kick in to receive the biggest thing. That's why Romans 8, 32, you can put that up. It says, if we gave you Jesus, how much more will we give you the smaller things? The biggest thing of all we already gave you, so the smaller stuff should be easy, Jesus. Oh, man. So let's read this last story so my wife can get up. Luke 15. 11 through 32. That messed me up. I want you to think, see this? See, let me tell you something. See, shallow messages make you say, amen, hallelujah, go home, that was wonderful church service. The the authentic stuff from heaven shakes up your religion. It makes you say, you know what? I don't even know if I even have the right Bible because I don't even remember reading this stuff up in here. I mean, it makes you give your life to, how many ever heard a word that was so tough you gave your life to Jesus again? I mean, I'm t- y'all, y'all, they think I'm just sitting up here coming up with this stuff. Y'all, there have been times here recently I read stuff, especially, you know, because we shifted off of the Eternal Rewards series for a moment. We're coming back to that after the series and some other stuff that has to do with leadership and ministry. Okay. But, man, when I was doing that Eternal Rewards series, man, I read something one time, and I set the iPad over. I was like, Lord, I just want to give my life to you one more time just in case I have missed it greatly because I'm the center of all sinners. Man, you read some stuff in the Bible, you're like, that's me. You know what? Let me tell you something. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you the danger 
of the body of Christ right now. She thinks that because things may be going a little well, that that's God's standard. God is a master at taking 1% and turn it into 100. You give him a rope, he'll turn it into a cowboy. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he's a master at taking your little bit. So the problem is God is so good. He is so magnificent. He is so wise. He is so prosperous. He is so masterful that if you give him a little bit, he'll turn it into a lot of bit, and you'll think the lot of bit is the standard. I know that's not a word. I just like making up words sometimes. They feel better and sound better sometimes. I can feel my wife just glaring at me like this boy right here need to go back to school. Hey, I just like making up words. I mean, I mean, I know I say a lot of crazy stuff, and I know it's ghetto, and it's ebonics and, and electronics and all that type of stuff. I know that. It just sounds better sometimes. Ain't. It's not even supposed to be in the dictionary, but it just, you know, I mean, no, when you, when, when that, how many know when that bill collector called the first time? I'm sorry, ma'am, I don't have it. By the 30th time, I ain't got it. <laughs> See, it just, you're trying to make the point, George. It's just, <laughs> Reggie said, just roll off the tongue, man. I ain't got it. <laughs> okay, I'm just so, I mean, I, trust me, if you ever see me, I had to do a funeral like this years ago. And, and the, the previous funeral, it was, it was ghettos are us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. That's the, that is the, I have never preached at that level. My wife saw it. I have never preached at that level. The Lord turned me into what I was preaching. I had to face about 350, 400,000 people who were in the gangster lifestyle. It was so bad, they had seven undercover agents in the audience with weapons because they were expecting a water breakout in the church. They were in the church smoking weed, drinking beer. These dudes had zero respect. I will never forget this as long as I live. I prayed with the ushers, and I said, I need y'all to pray for me. My wife would tell you, she watched it come up on me for about four or five days. She said, by that day, it was like I was a monster in the spirit. She said, my whole face, it, it, was, it was insane. And I knew it was something in me and on me to match those guys. And uh, I remember uh, praying with those ladies. And I said, I need y'all to pray for me. I said, because it's something on me I've never felt before. And I said, it makes me feel like I'm going to do something crazy. And so they prayed for me. And so I had my back turned toward the uh, entrance. And this auditorium was, the auditorium was about twice as long as this. When I turned around, there was this dark-skinned, skinny gentleman. And he, when, when he came in the church, he just busted the doors in like he was Satan. And i never forget how he just walked in like this church don't intimidate me. And I'll never forget that because when that dude walked in, he had on all red and a pair of sunglasses and a big gold chain headed toward the casket. When that dude walked in, it felt like a million demons walked in with him. I'll never forget that. When I saw him, I said, yep, that's what the Lord was preparing me for right now. That is the only, I have never even come close to preaching at that level. It was 100% out of my element. It 100% was not me. Let me tell you all something. Never be scared of anything. The grace of the Lord will empower you to the level of the threat. It was crazy. It was crazy, y'all, because the Christians said that us, they said, you literally, we don't mean this as a figure of speech. They said, you scared us. I mean, I mean, I'm preaching and I'm swinging at guys like I'm preaching. This is not an exaggeration. I got in trouble for that. Pastor pulled me aside. He said, you was totally out of order. The crazy part is, is that so many people gave their life to Christ in that service that they ran out of salvation booklets. I mean, I'm serious. I mean, imagine it being like, I don't know, three, four hundred people. And you say, who wants to give their life to Christ? And every hand goes up. Amen. 
I led everybody in the prayer. This is not an exaggeration. I led every person in the prayer. And when I said amen, the entire audience did just like this. They looked up because they thought the roof had come off the building. Because this one little dude took authority over all of those people and every demon had to flee when them people gave their life to Christ. Three people, I mean, for three months, people were joining the church every single weekend from that service. I don't know why I'm sharing that. I'm just, that's authority. That ain't gifting. Gifting comes a dime a dozen. Authority to let you walk in hell, as my grandmother said, spitting the, what did she say? I'm going to swing through hell on a spider web, spitting the devil's eye. That's what she said. <laughs> that's, what, at least, that's what she told the Jehovah Witnesses to get, their, get them off her porch. She was always talking about how close to God she was, and my grandmother was crazy, y'all. She was crazy. I'm serious. She was really crazy. Okay, so Luke 15. I don't even know where I was going with all that. Luke 15, 11 through 13. To illustrate a point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. Everybody say mentality. It's always preached as a result of one man leaving and come back, but it's a mentality. Uh, God is multifaceted in the way that he explains things. He had two sons. The younger son told his father, and you're going to find yourself in here, I, wanna, I, want, I want my share of the estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. Any of you ever done that? Okay. So wild living might have been a TV. I told you about that time I stood at Best Buy, Best Buy for three days straight trying to determine if I should buy that TV. It was when flat screens cost three, four thousand dollars. You know the end of that story. I lost the battle. <laughs> Verse 14. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into the fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding, uh, the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. Let me brighten my thing here for a moment. <clears throat> When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. Here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. Okay, let me stop just for a moment. God does not change. And it's very important for you to remember this, because when this man had squandered what his father gave him, when this man knew that he was living in sin and he came to his senses, how many of you been there? You are there living on the dark side, just doing your own thing. And then something might hit you and you come to your senses. And when he came to his senses, he forgot about the nature of his father. That's why he said, I left a son, but I got to go back a slave. Because it's okay. So it's important. God, when you come back to God, you're treated as a son, not as a slave. As a matter of fact, while you were out there, he treated you like a son. That's why you're not dead. I mean, you know, I should have been dead. I know several times in scenarios I should have been dead. And that's just the ones I can count. We don't even know about the ones we can't see. Mm-mm-mm. I want to share something with y'all so bad, but we got to keep on going. <clears throat> Verse 19. I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a higher servant. So he returned home to his father while he was still a long way off. His father saw him coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him like nothing ever happened. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, hurry up. Just don't let this, see this other thing. You think that when you get yourself together, now God wants there to be some delay in time. Because that's how men are. 
When they forgive you, it's like a time period needs to go by to justify that you're right now. Y'all know what I'm saying? Now, God is not like that. He said, oh, you repented? You asked me to forgive you? Done. Quick. Now let's hurry up and get you what you were supposed to have 30 years ago. What verse am I in? His father said, quick, bring the finest robe, not a regular robe. Trying to see you how quick the Lord will restore you. He said, bring, bring the fine. They brought the best robe in the house and put it on him. He said, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Most people don't know what ring on the finger means. You remember when Joseph, who was a slave, he was put in second in command over all of Egypt. First thing they gave him was a ring. In Old Testament days, a ring means authority. Still means that today, particularly a wedding ring. A wedding ring is not just a sign that you got married. A wedding ring means I walk in a different level of authority. That's literally what it means. I, when I take my ring off, I can literally sometimes feel funny because I know that there's, there's an anointing that comes with wearing this thing. That's why I get really upset if I happen to come to the church because sometimes I do take it off when I'm working out and I'll come to the church and I'll tell my wife, I need you to bring my ring. You know, a couple of times I said I was going to just keep some fake rings here. I'm, I'm dead serious. One time, oh, I don't, let me tell you something about me. Let me tell you something about me. <laughs> Ask my wife. Ask my wife. There have been times I couldn't find my ring. I have worn paper clips around this thing. I didn't worn th- ear. Yeah, one time I took my wife's earring and just shoved it over this thing, and I had to hold it like this all day long so the thing wouldn't fall off. So how serious I am. Y'all can play with this if y'all want to. I need my authority and my anointing. Especially all these babies out here nowadays. It's... <laughs> Verse 23. And then on top of that, kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now is returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. Remember what the Bible says? There's rejoicing in heaven over one person that repents. So if one person gives their life to Christ, that's why heaven is a place that is heaven is a very the people who have been caught up to heaven say this is not a quiet place so if you're catholic you, you might you might be interested in doing something different because it is a very 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 loud place paul said it sounds like multitudes of people horses thundering and lightning and all of the oceans all at the same time and it never stops okay and jesse the said when he was up there he said he watched jesus preach like tdj's he was preaching to the people, I'm getting ready to go get your brothers. And they were like, yes, I'm getting ready to go get your sisters. Ah, and we're going to rule and reign. It was like, yeah. <laughs> Could y'all imagine, now, how many know T.D. Jakes can preach his behind off? T.D. Jakes just make you want to kick the television screen over sometimes. Can y'all imagine how Jesus could preach? Can you imagine how Jesus would preach? I mean, your tonsils being on the floor from shouting. You'd be like, yeah. I told them one Sunday, I shouldn't have shared this because they couldn't stop laughing. I said, can y'all imagine what happened if Jesus told a joke? I, mean, I, I want you to, I mean, he would tell a joke and you might actually laugh for 12 months straight and couldn't stop laughing because the joke was so good. But they don't think that's in heaven. They think it's just some little thing. We sitting up there with some heavenly bat wings on a cloud wearing a gold frisbee playing a little stupid. That's beer commercials for your behind. They don't have no revelation about nothing except drinking. Beer commercials are pretty good, though. I wish we could do stuff like that. I mean, I don't drink. I'm just saying. I'm just, whatever, y'all. I'm just. 
Meanwhile, in verse 25, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. He asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother then got angry, wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him. It's amazing, y'all. Always remember this. God is always seeking you a whole lot more than you seeking him. Okay. When the young boy came home, his father said, it's a reason why this, y'all read this stuff religiously. Y'all, these are true stories. It says the father saw him way off. He was looking for him. One day my son is going to go home. You think that because you left God, he mad at you. And he begging you to come back home. Oh, we can't wait. And, and, so, and because he knows the date you're going to come back home, he didn't already prepare the party. He knows the fact. Y'all, you better get your, man. That song we sang, he is good. He is way past good. Okay. <clears throat> Verse 29. The older brother replied, all these years I've slaved for you. And never once refused to do a single thing you told me. That was his problem. He had a slave mentality. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. When you have a slave mentality, you think you're supposed to work for everything. When you have a slave mentality, you're always trying to impress people. Okay, you don't, you know, it's, 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 y'all, my wife is going to talk about it in a moment. Is about, when you have a slave mentality, you won't receive gifts. Now, me personally, I've never had that problem. I had other problems. But, but, but I'm just, all of us got problems. I mean, you know, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I mean, trust me, I've had some other problems in other areas, but, 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 but that's the slave mentality is I got to always impress you. I got to always show you how good of a job I'm doing in order to get your love. That's the slave mentality. Hey. So he said, all these years I slave for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for, for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours see the language, comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes. You celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, look, son, he said, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he is found. And so this is just a simple story and simple teaching about mentality. You can come up around whenever you want. About mentality and about how um, and it's the mentality of the father. It's the mentality of the son that got out there too early. And it's the mentality of the older son who had a slave mentality. You know what's deep? Is the son that squandered everything had the revelation of a son. That's why he asked for the money before his daddy died. And watch this. The father, even though he was, this is, a, the Lord is showing you the mentality here. And even though the father sensed it, maybe you shouldn't be asking this. You're supposed to get this after I'm dead. Well, go ahead. Since you ask, then I'll go ahead and give it to you because I'm good. He then went out there and squandered everything. And so, you know, he, he, he stayed out there longer than he was supposed to stay out there because then his mentality went from sonship to slaveship. Because he was like, well, you know, I done messed up. So I better just go out here and give me a little job and feed pigs. I mean, you know, that's low. How many songs even lower when you out there feeding the pigs and you eating what they eating? Yeah. <laughs> Eureka was like, oh. <laughs> okay. And so, so the only reason he went back is because he said, well, maybe my daddy will receive me back as a slave, not a son. See, his mentality flipped. Okay. 
And so, you know, the mentality of the father and the mentality of the father was always good. You asked me for it. I was already building it up to give it to you in the first place when I died. You asked for it early. I'm going to give it to you. And when you come back, I'm not going to treat you like a slave. I'm going to treat you the same way I treated you when you were here before you left and before you asked because you're still a son. Doesn't matter if you messed up. You're still a son. Don't matter if you squandered your money. I'm still going to prosper you. See, in our mind, I'll come back. Just give me a little potato sack to wear. They said, no, go out there and get the best robe that we got in the whole house and put it on this boy to change his mentality. You coming back as a slave. You never were a slave. You just start thinking like one. You understand what I'm saying? And we've always talked about that boy. What we didn't talk about was the older boy who was living right and was doing right. But he switched and forgot he was a son. Listen to what he told his daddy. I've been slaving for you all this time. Well, I didn't ask you to slave. I asked you to work with me as a son. Now, when you watch this, when your younger boy asked for the wealth, you didn't have enough sense to take it. You still wanted to be in slave mode because you didn't know how to receive. You sit up here complaining about us throwing a party. Have you ever asked me to throw a party? Because I'm good, if I'm willing to throw a party for your son who messed up, surely I will be willing to throw a party for someone who was doing right. right, right. See the mentality? See, and that's what I mean by you never see things as they are. You only see them as you are. That's so important. And that's why if you don't accept what the Bible says, not these raggedy preachers who have watered down everything, you got to start, I, had, you know, I don't, don't want to go there, but I had to stop listening to these guys. That's one of the reasons I had to go overseas. I had to stop listening to these guys because I was like, okay, all these nice little sermons and everything, but nothing is changing in the congregation, and it wasn't changing in my life, and I was like, something is wrong. I'm reading this, and Jesus said, why is it in here if we ain't supposed to walk? got tired of reading about Jesus turning water into wine. That's unnecessary. I got tired of reading about him multiplying fish and loaves. I got tired of reading about him walking on water. All this stuff is unnecessary. Get mad at a man because he couldn't walk on the water the first time. That is how they think about you when they expect you to walk on water the first time with no training. You get upset. Jesus is like, what's the problem? What happened to your faith? That's crazy. That's the level of expectancy that you were supposed to walk on this planet like Adam. I told you about them women over there overseas having babies at 70. So, that's the dilemma of this older gentleman, of the older son, is that he never asked. He just kept on working, kept on working, kept on working. And God wants us to work, but guess what he also wants you to do? He wants you to ask. Because it's very foolish for you to think that where God is going to take you is going to come from a 40-hour-a-week job. I'm sorry. It's not going to. Let me tell you something, y'all. Let me tell you something. To each and, I don't care if you're a secretary, a garbage man, a preacher, a businessman, an engineer. I don't care if you're a stay-at-home mom. It's not a man in this planet that got enough money to pay you what you're worth. Amen. The label that God put on us is not even one. It's several. One of, you know what? I told you about my vision board. You know, I switched it over to the church now. Wait till I show you my pastor's new church. Y'all gonna faint. It lo- I told you it was Noah's Ark, but it literally looks like Noah's Ark. Thing, a 100,000 seat church. I was putting my vision board on there. And for some strange reason, I've always wanted the ministry to have two black Range Rovers. You know, 
um, so that when we had special speakers or we had special things, and, and I was going to let the congregation members use it for certain things, like, like when our congregation members getting, getting married. You know, they, oh, I, for some reason, I don't know why, it was two black Range Rovers. I mean, on these new Range Rovers, this stuff is some, whoo, this is some heavenly stuff. And, and so what I did was I went on the Internet and, 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 and uh, printed out two Range Rovers because I finished my personal vision board. Now I have a vision board for the church. I don't know if y'all want to see this. This is something that Jesus and me, like, I don't even know we can do this one because this board is out here. <laughs> I put two Range Rovers on there, and this thought comes. You know, you know how you have these little thoughts? It's, it's the devil. Oh, you know, well, you know, are you sure? It's like, it's like the devil and the Holy Ghost were standing there. And it's like the Holy Ghost saw the devil show up, so he showed up too. And when I had the thought, you sure you want to put this down? I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm surprised you got down too. He said, that's how embassies, that's how uh, ambassadors roll. In the natural, when you send an ambassador to another country, they ain't catching the bus. I know the Catholic priest like to catch the bus. That's him trying to be humble. You catching the bus ain't humble. That's just your choice. I'm not catching no bus if I don't have to. I got a bike. I'd rather ride my bike than catch the bus, especially here in Atlanta. Yeah, I mean, y'all, I didn't go on some places and went an hour and came back and the person was still standing. It's Eureka, though. Oh, I'll say that because she was, you know, having to catch the bus to work and she got blessed with her new car. I showed up at the other location. I was like, what is this new shiny thing? Who is this first time visitor out here and showed up before any of us? Here come Eureka. What's happening, Pastor? That's <laughs> how you do it. Okay. So, change your mentality. Okay. Okay. God is, a gu- God is a giver. One of the reasons why he wants you to work so that you have seed to sow and so that you don't learn to be lazy. God wants us to work. He wants us to work hard. But, but, if, but, but what God has for you, he ain't trying to do with your job. Because men created 40 hours with a lunch break at 12. And a special benefit package that make all of the ladies get happy. That was back when I was growing up. All the jobs was about the benefits. They didn't care how much you made an hour as long as you had good benefits. All right, so my wife is going to share a couple of stories. And I might interrupt her. I don't know. I'm not going to interrupt you. I'm not sure if this, uh, this series has been a blessing to you as much as it has me, but it really has, really has changed my life, really has changed my mind on so many things. It's been really revolutionary. I mean, it's been a paradigm shift that has taken place in my mind on how I do things and how I see things and how I think about things. Yes, we're married and we're one, but we are individual with the Lord. So our walk with God is individual. So he may be growing in an area that I'm not growing. He may see things that I don't see because my time with God is my time with God. My time in the word is my time with the word, in the word. So this, so I have been crying out to God because I needed answers on some things. And I wasn't, I told the Lord, I am not surprised if you had him teach these things because of what I'm asking you for. Now, there may be others, but there were things that I needed answers, that I needed to find out what am I doing wrong? How am I seeing things? What can I do to fix how I'm doing what I'm doing? So I'm going to tell a story and just fast forward up to what happened in modern day. But several years ago, I was invited to go and uh, minister at a church. And they treated me like a queen. I mean, it was just amazing. I mean, from the moment I got off the plane to um, being, you know, just my, my luggage and then going to lunch, then going to my hotel. I mean, it was this great big suite. I mean, rose petals everywhere. And there was this huge gift on my bed. It was a coach purse. Very beautiful bag. Very beautiful bag. 
And so I'm like, wow, that is so beautiful. But let me just stay focused on why I came here. I put the thing back in the box. I didn't dwell on it too long. I just put it back in the box and spent my time with the Lord, ministered the next day. It was very powerful. It was a great service. And so I was thinking about all that God was doing on this trip. Like, man, I've been treated so well, like a queen. It's just been like royalty. It's so awesome. So then the next, so after I minister, we go to lunch. I get back on the plane and I come home. So I get home and I look at this purse. Now, I'm like, man, this must be really, really expensive. Let me just look it up. So I look up the price of the purse. I'm like, oh, my God. I would never buy myself something so extravagant. I would never do this. Oh, my gosh. And they bought me this purse and gave me an honorarium. This is so amazing. I just couldn't wrap my mind around having something so expensive. So I decide, well, maybe I should just take this purse back because I would never buy myself something like this, nor would I carry it. I'll just take it back. I'll get the money and I'll pay a bill. I'll bless my kids. I'll do something like, I don't need this purse. I don't need this purse. So I call the coach place and they tell me that I can't bring it back. I can only exchange it. I hang up the phone and start crying. I mean, I'm just sitting on the bed crying. And I thought, oh, my God, I would never buy myself a purse like this ever. I would never do this. And the Lord then begins to tell me, I know that's why I gave it to you. He said, you wouldn't ever buy yourself a purse like this. You would never spend this kind of money on yourself. You would do it for the kids and you would do it for others, but you wouldn't do it for yourself. That's why I gave you this purse. So now I'm really crying. Yeah. I'm like, thank you, Daddy. Thank you. And I'm crying and crying. I'm just, I mean, boo-hooing, right? And then guess what I did? You think I put my stuff in that purse and carried it? I didn't. I didn't. I took the purse, I put it back in the box, and I put it on the shelf of my closet for nine months. I have this moment with my father. He tells me, I've given you this gift. This is for you. You wouldn't buy it for yourself, so I gave it to you. I have the moment. I cry. I appreciate the gift, but yet I still cannot carry the purse. It's in the top of my closet for nine months. Finally, something happens in my life, and I thought, you know what? Let me go back and pull that purse down and put my stuff in it. And I carried it so proudly. And every time I looked at it, I mean, I didn't change the color. I didn't exchange it. I just, I carried it so proudly. And I was so thankful for what the Lord had done for me. So fast forward a few years, I get another purse. I mean, I love Michael Kors. Hadn't told anybody that I liked it. The Lord knew. I didn't tell anybody. And one Wednesday night, I was not here. Someone sent it home with my husband. And I called her that night, oh, my God, this is so great. This is so great. So I put my things in it. And I carried it so many, I mean, I only carried this one purse. So many times the handles became frayed. I mean, I wore the purse out. I wore the purse out. So I take my things out. I go get another cheap bag, and I put that back. Well, that bag is done, you know, okay. So I wore the purse out, not even asking, well, let me have another one. Can I have the money to go get it fixed? I mean, not even asking, Lord, what can I do to repair this purse? Fast forward to about a month ago. Someone sends me a text and says, hey, do you like this purse? And I said, oh, it's beautiful. It's a Michael Kors bag. She brought it to church, gave it to me. I took it home. I didn't carry the purse. Didn't put my things in it. Now, mind you, I'm carrying this little bitty bag and this little purse and that little purse. But I love the purse, but could not bring myself to carry The last time I carried the purse, I wore the purse out. So maybe I should save this one. See the mentality? Maybe I should save this one. Two weeks after this purse, 
I get another text. Hey, do you like this purse? Another Michael Coors bag. Do you see what the, my father is trying to help mm -hmm. me understand and realize he is an opulent father? Mm -hmm. He has no problems with us having nice bags, nice sunglasses, nice rings, nice bicycles, nice cars, nice. He has no problem. He doesn't want the things to have us, but us to have the things. But when you have a particular way of thinking in your mentality, then you can't you can't handle that kind of thing. You just see things the wrong way. So before I finish that story, let me go to another story. Someone took me shopping. And as we're shopping, we're picking out an outfit and everything. So, hey, well, go ahead and pick out yourself some boots, too. Okay, so I'm looking at the boots. I'm looking at the price of the boots. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should just go with these boots. And so I said, well, what about these? And she said, well, do you like those boots? And in my mind, I'm thinking, well, they're okay, but they were cheaper. So since she's buying them, maybe I should go with the cheap one. I mean, that's what I would do for myself if I was buying it. She says, well, no, we're not going to get those. What about these? Do you like these boots? And I love the boots. And I said, yes, I like them very much. Yes, I like the boots. And they said, like, yeah, I love these boots. These boots are bad. Yeah. <laughs> I just said, I like the boots. She said, okay, well, we're going to get these boots. And so here's your outfit. You got mm. the boots. You, know, you need some lipstick. You need some lip gloss. I mean, I mean, I just, I came home that night, and I was just so in awe of that experience. Again, our Father wanting to bless us. So back to the purse. I'm at Chick-fil-A with the kids. I get this text. Hey, this is where I am. Do you like this purse? And I didn't respond fast enough. She calls. I'm in the Chick-fil-A. I'm trying to pay for the kids' food. So she calls. And then she hung up. Well, if you don't like the purse, just take it back because I'm getting you this purse. So she brought the purse that weekend. I took my things and I put my things in it immediately. I said, okay, I got it. Now I can go between the both the Michael Coors purses. I, I get what you're doing. I get what you're doing. He's trying to elevate my thinking. Just because I'm a mother of six doesn't mean I have to carry the Payless bag. It doesn't, it's nothing wrong with the Payless bag if I like it. But there are things that I like that are opulent, that are nice, that are beautiful. It has nothing to do with six kids. It has to do with my mentality. If I have 15 kids, I can still dress nice and look nice and have nice purses and nice jewelry. If I had 25, it's not the children. It's the way you think. It's the way you see things. So when I got the bag, I said, I got it. I got it. As I've been crying out to the Lord, and he's been showing. So even on Wednesday night, as he's ministering, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God, this is so good. Because it's, it's so easy to go back to our, our financial mistakes. The areas where we've missed, like, oh, my God, if I had done everything right, then I could be a gazillionaire right now. I would have so much money. My investments would be off the chart. I would have so many properties right now. I would have this. I would have that. Business would be booming if I had done everything right. And it can make you feel sorrowful. Well, we don't have time for regret. You have to just start where you are right now and move forward. And so I'm, look, I'm listening to Dave Ramsey. I'm like, I'm going to do the debt-free scream. I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to Tennessee, and I have this dream of doing this. But there's something that's not clicking. Something is not quite right in my mind because I see the word. I hear Dave Ramsey. I, something's not clicking for me. So when he's speaking on a Wednesday night, he talks about the prodigal son. He talks about how he had came to himself. Hmm. He came to himself. So I'm praying. I'm asking her, show me, show me, show me, show me, show me. I come to myself. And he gives me a series of instructions that I have followed to the T. I mean, I questioned the first one. But I said, okay, no. It's not about the instructions. It's about the obedience. It's the obedience. It's not the thing. It's the obedience. Not the act. It's the obedience. Obey. Obey. He'll give you step two. Obey. He'll give you step three. 
So when he said that his, his father said, quickly go do this, quickly he forgave him, we have to be in a mode of, yes, we've made mistakes. It is not the end of the world. Because when the Lord had the blueprint laid out for your life, the mistakes were already built into the equation. He knew you were going to squander, you were to squander money. He knew you were going to make mistakes. He knew you were going to run your credit cards up to $100,000 and file bankruptcy. He knew you were going to do these things. But then he also said, I am right here. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I know you have student loan debt. I know you have credit card debt. I know you have a car that you can't afford, a house you can't afford. I know you have these things, and I want to help you get out. But you have to have a paradigm shift. You have to have a heart that's open, like, you know what, Lord? I don't trust in anything but you. Nothing but you. Not FICO. Not my job. Not my skills, not my education. You, Lord, you are who I trust. And whatever you tell me to do, I will do it. So right now, I'm just beginning to walk in a few things because my mind is being changed. I mean, just different. I mean, just, I mean, he's just going through every area of my life, and it's so exciting for me. I don't have time to focus on what I did wrong in the past. I don't have time for that because I'm too busy enjoying what he's doing right now and how he's speaking to me. No, you don't need a job. You need to do this in this area, do this in this area. I'm looking up so many things and educating myself on things because the Lord is going to do it quickly, quickly. So, last story I'm going to share is about Hawaii. What am I saying? I want to add something to this. The worst mistake you can ever make is to think that because you dug yourself in a hole, you're supposed to dig yourself out. Who told you that mess? I mean, that's, that's, that's the society that we live in. God does not respect. Y'all, let me say something. Faith don't have respect for nothing. That thing, the, the laws of faith, that's what I told you. People talk about faith in my the laws of faith, I, I know I've scared a couple of people when I made that statement. The laws of faith only respect the person that's using it. It don't even respect God. I might not that seem strange, I mean, but it's a creative force that how you use it, it will, it will respond to what you believe. It will not respond to your mistakes. It will not respond whether or not you $50 in the hole or you got $50 million in the bank. It won't respond, watch this, whether you're sinning or whether you're not. Because every person that got healed by Jesus, Jesus, not every person, but Jesus would heal the person, then tell them to stop sinning. So it's obvious that faith works while you're sinning. See, if you don't teach it accurately, people will never understand it. They think you got to be perfect and this. Of course, you know good and well, the last thing this church has ever said is given a license to sin. Y'all know that. But I'm trying to get you to understand the nature of how this thing works. It works on one thing, belief. It don't work based on what your pastor said, your grandmama said, it don't matter what they said, the white folk, the black folk, the Chinese folk, the Democrat, the Republican. It doesn't matter what the society said. It doesn't matter what the, 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 I'm sorry, I'm just trying to not fall off this ledge as I'm preaching. So, so, so that's the dilemma is that like with my wife is, is receiving things. Am I worthy to receive these things? You know, particularly with her in the area of, of just like business, real estate. You know, you can you can recognize, oh, I'm supposed to I'm supposed to own a bunch of land now. But because of what I didn't do in the past, now I'm behind. So you feel bad thinking that you were supposed to do it based on a 40 hour work week or your salary or, you know, what I'm saying if you are a business owner and about to be a gazillionaire, you are assuming that everything is supposed to come through that. 
I mean, Jonathan and Denise, you know, they in business. And I mean, the, the dream that the Lord gave gives them to steer them around stuff is absolutely amazing. So you're going to have to get your reception back. Yes. <laughs> Slapping myself. I mean, just give me a second. So you're going to have to get your reception back because as she's as she's talking, this is what I'm hearing. Now, I'm going this far to get something into the hands of a daughter that don't believe nothing. She doesn't even see herself the way that I see her. I'm trying to force prosperity down her neck. and She won't take it. So we're going to keep on trying. So, so what is for her when she walks in? I got a right to this stuff. See, the body of Christ ain't ready to say, I got a, this ain't a something that God want me to have. I got a, Jesus died for me to walk this way. I'll never forget what the Holy Ghost told me. He said, Jesus became poor so that you could be rich. And if you don't become rich by the time you die, he wasted his time on your behalf. I'll never forget what, because the devil was riding me, talking about I didn't have enough, I didn't have a right to have nothing. Sitting out there at Belle Isle in Detroit, next to the water, praying in tongues for eight hours, and the devil trying to tell me what I can't have. Okay, so you got to change your mentality. And because some of us, we believe we have a right to everything. You know what I'm saying? But some of us, based on where we came from, particularly if you grew up poor, you think I'm supposed to be poor. I'm not supposed to have quit, you know, practice. You know what? When the ketchup bottle quit, quit trying to drain the ketchup bottle to the last drop. Okay? You know, sometimes you got to break that. Sometimes you got to break that. Okay, ketchup bottle, ketchup, watch this. Ketchup bottle is half full, still throw it in the trash. Because you keep thinking that God. God needs you to save something and he needs you to, you know what I'm saying? You got to use something to the last drop. God don't have no problem with you ordering a hundred dollar meal. You taste it and don't like it and throw it in the trash. He don't need our food. He don't need our money. He don't need nothing. Y'all understand what I'm saying? You have to change your mentality because I can guarantee you it's not a person living, walking, standing, sitting in this room. That's even 1% towards where the Lord wants you to be at. And so as she's listening, I'm thinking about how many times have we rejected something? How much stuff has not come to us? See, I'm, and see, that's why I had to teach this thing outside of sowing seed. Right now, the church know how to, they know how to raise some offerings. We know how to sow seed. I don't know. Give me one more second, sweetie. Uh, we know how to sow seed. We know how to sing about seed, preach about seed, teach about seed. We have special offerings. Special, we are a ma- well, the church is a master at sowing seed. One of the things they're not a master at is getting the harvest. I'm telling you, one of, the, one of the reasons why the Lord, one of the reasons the Lord shared with me this, is you can do some stuff you think is you. One of the reasons why the Lord had me take the offering out the service. He said, because what your church is going to walk in, the sinners need to have zero excuse as to how y'all got it. You heard what Lisa said Saturday. Ain't enough money in the planet to bring that to pass. Some of y'all heard, so I'm not going to repeat what she said about the church, but, but some of y'all heard what she said. and That, that can't happen with money. Not that. That's the only prophecy I've heard. I've heard it three times now. That's the only prophecy I'm having a hard time. I'm in my wife. I shouldn't say that. I'm sorry. I didn't say that. I'm in the mode that she was in of, oh, I can't hardly receive that, Lord. That's a, that's a big prophecy right there. I mean, no, Lord, don't, don't care about. Y'all, there is nothing that God has for you that you can actually afford, tell the truth. I want you to think about. See, we did it again. I mean, I did it again. It's 1120, but y'all going to listen to this. Okay, we're supposed to be going. Look. I want you to think about what Jesus says before he leaves and goes back to heaven. Um, I just want y'all to know that we're going back to build a mansion for you. 
And we just read that so religiously at the funerals we read it, you know. The Lord is, you know, mansions. He needed another flower and a microphone in heaven so they could speak louder and all that type of stupid stuff. But I want you to think about Jesus said, in my father's house are many mansions. And we're going to prepare a place for you. Now, now if they're against prosperity, why are they worried about you having a mansion? I mean, I would think that heaven is good enough. Don't you saying this? No more crying and, and, and no more eating, you know, uh, raggedy potato chips from the dollar store. And, and we got to work at the bus stop no more. We don't have to work no more like that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, your bodies are so indestructible. Why are you worried about a mansion? You should just, Jesus didn't say you should just be happy that we saved you. He didn't say that, did he? I mean, see, somebody like that, they tell you that because they want you to be happy about it. And I'm, I'm sitting here, and I'm, you know, my wife, see, you know, as you already know, my wife and I are very transparent because we, I mean, it's, I'll listen to my wife and then she's listening to me and, 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 but I'm sitting here thinking about how much stuff have we missed out on? How much stuff has God tried to shove down your throat, but you didn't want to receive it? I'm just saying that you got to increase your capacity to receive and you are not there yet until you receive the way Jesus would receive. Whatever you think of is too low. Go ahead. I've been a gracious recipient. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Now, oh, no, no, not me. Not this expensive purse. Oh, no, not these expensive boots. Oh, no. You want to take me shopping and I can just pick out what I want in the store and this is my limit? No, I can't do that. I mean, you're so sweet. No, 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 I can't take it. No, I'm going to go. I'm going to enjoy the experience. I'm going to thank the person and just be gracious. And, Lord, thank you because I know it came from you and this is so awesome. But, you know, years ago, when we first went to Hawaii, I didn't have a vision board back then. I didn't have to, you know, pull out all my scriptures. I just simply, the lady at work was talking about Hawaii. I had never been. And I thought, Lord, you know, the next time that we go on a big vacation, I really would like to go to Hawaii. It wasn't even like a prayer, like, oh, Father in heaven. It was just me sharing out loud, I really would like to go to, go to Hawaii. And then, lo and behold, my husband's, this is the time when he's making $9 an hour. He's working part-time. I'm working full-time in corporate America. And he would say, hey, whatever you need, you know, whatever you want, you just come let me know. Well, why? You make $9 an hour. Mm. So I kept these things to myself, right? Come to myself. So I said, he said, hey, whatever you need. No, I'll just keep them to myself. I don't want to make him feel bad because he knows at that time he's not making a lot of money. So he knows he can't buy it, right? He can't take me on this trip. So I kept it to myself and only the Lord knew. But the man went to his job and said, hey, I feel led to take you out to Hawaii. That was not a coincidence. That was not a mistake. That was my father answering what I desired while still keeping my husband's ego intact. Me just keeping these things, <laughs> making faces over here. I ain't say nothing. Yeah, I was making a face. Me keeping these things in my heart. And so the Lord hears you. He knows the desires of your heart. He knows what you desire. He knows what you want. And he will prove himself by sending a man, driving down the street. He pulls over, goes to his job and says, hey, I just feel led to take you to Hawaii. I mean, all expense, first class seats, first class, I mean, first class, everything. I was completely blown away. It was so amazing. Mm -hmm. But then just a couple months ago, someone said, hey, I feel like to send you guys to Mexico. Really? All right, let me pack my bags right now. And it was such a wonderful, wonderful experience. And it was, it was just, I mean, I don't know, what, 10 times better than Hawaii? I don't know. I oh, just, I, look, go ahead. Let me, well, you know what? Let me share why the Lord did that. There's some things the Lord will bless you with, and then you understand why. Because the trip to Hawaii, I did not know she had prayed for the trip to Hawaii. Okay, I didn't know. And the man that came to my job said he, he said he was driving down the street, and he said it was like the road opened up and he entered into a vision. Okay, and, and see, I got to explain these because you, you get too concerned 
about who doesn't and who does know your situation. If God knows, nobody else needs to know. And he'll pick any, meeny, miny, mo, pick a Christian by his toe. Bam, that one right there. Yeah, make him give up the money to take them to Hawaii. Took us three times, by the way. Okay, and like she said, the second time we showed up, we stayed, I mean, it was a very expensive place. Okay, Hawaii is very, very expensive. Okay, and, and so I had vowed to my wife, how many was it last year? Whatever year it was. Last year, I, I said, I came with this. And I, you know what? We're taking the kids to that spot. My wife knows that that was my heart to take my kids to Hawaii to this spot that we went to. Now, I wouldn't say it out of my mouth, but in my mind, I'm thinking, that's really, really expensive. Yeah, that's it was. The whole, it's a whole lot of money. Taking eight, six, not eight kids, six yeah. kids, and that's a whole lot of money. But I would not, I would not dash his dream. I would not mm. dare open my mouth and dash his dream. Like, if, if he got the faith for it, because right now, Jesus, ugh. But, hey, yeah. I'm in agreement with you, brother. Go well, ahead. Well, she was saying that because, honestly, the trip, in order for me to take my kids to Hawaii to that same experience, it was going to be a $35,000, $40,000 trip. I mean, just the plane tickets alone. You're talking about driving to Hawaii, not driving, flying. You know, and, and the stay to create the same experience that we have. If my wife and I think about that trip, peace floods our soul. That's how powerful the trip was. So, so watch this. So I, I told my wife, I said, now, I don't know when we're going to do it. I said, and I'm going to have to save up to do it. I said, and somebody else will think it's a waste. And I said, I don't care because of the impact. That, how many got a good childhood memory that you remember that you still carry with you right now? Because of the memory they're create. So lo and behold, that's what my faith is set for. We're going to go to this thing. It's going to be a big ticket, but once, okay. And in my mind, I'm like, we, hey, something is going to happen where we're going to go. It might be in 10 years when the kid, I don't know. And so, you know, the trip to, her, to Mexico, we got blessed to the trip to Mexico. Well, guess what? The trip to Mexico was the Lord answering the prayer for Hawaii. Because the Mexico trip is much, 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 much cheaper, but the experience is much, 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 much greater. So the Lord, let me tell you something. Remember I told you Wednesday, God can't adjust it until you write it down. He heard what you said, but he knows what you want. Joshua said, son, stop moving. How many know the son does not move? Okay, so God heard the prayer, but he knew what the man meant. I just need time to stop. <laughs> so he wasn't thinking about how wrong the prayer was. How many know God knows the desires of your heart more than you know the desires of your heart? And the Lord said, the man, see, the, 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 the Lord understood. It's not really Hawaii that he's after. It's the experience that he's after. So because he has faith for an experience, let's speak to another man to send him and his wife to a place and then they'll shift from that place to this one. And so now I can go to this place very easily and it'll be much, much greater than the other place. But you can't get there until two things you willing to receive and understand you have a right to receive on that level. God's in the planet. So last night, while looking at my vision board. Took my preach right out of me, didn't she? she while looking at my vision board, I was looking at all the different things on my vision board. And I discovered that I want to be a traveler. I want to go places. I don't want to just stay right here in Georgia. I mean, all the different things I was looking at, just wanting and desiring those experiences. You know, out the country, in the country, to an island, to another island, New Zealand, I mean, France. I mean, I had all, I'm like, wow. 
I want to be a traveler. And my father wants me to travel. He wants me to have these experiences. Of course, they can't, can't compare to heaven, but how about enjoy a little bit of that on this side? I really want to travel. So all the different states and countries I want to travel to, I'm like, man, it's so powerful having the pictures up there and looking at the different events and different places you can go and different things you can do. I'm like, man, I'm getting my kids' passports because we're going some places. When we got back from Mexico, we said we were getting, there, getting the kids' passports. Mariah has one because she went to Colombia with her, um, with her people from school last year. So we said, get everybody's passport, and we are believing for some things. So it's very exciting when you will allow yourself to dream, and you will not limit yourself about what you, what you can and cannot do based on your finances or based on what you should do or, or should not do based on your Heavenly Father because he desires for you to have whatever it is you want to do and whatever, wherever you want to go and experience, he desires for you to have that. Amen. I just, I mean, I'm just really encouraging you all to, uh, to dream. You know, I don't know what it is about. I told y'all Wednesday. I don't know what it is that, that the world, they can cuss and sin they way into prosperity. But, but God won't. Yeah, I know it makes no sense. And you, it's, it's amazing. It's almost like you read the Bible. And, and it's a reason why Jesus said in Luke 16, he said, man, the world, the people got more sense than y'all when it comes to this stuff. What in the world makes you think that God wants you to be low? When you read the Bible, it is not in there. But men keep preaching stuff because they don't know how to manifest. All they know how to do, and this is honorable. Trust me, this is honorable. All they know how to do is just save money and get in debt, get a loan. And, I, and let me say something. God is not against borrowing, folks. So don't think that, oh, my God, put yourself in this condemnation zone where, where oh, man, I just can't buy a car now until I got all of the cash. The scripture says, give to him who asked to borrow, which means it's not a sin to borrow. OK, so we're not telling that you can't do those things. What I'm saying is, is that wherever level you set, that's where they set it back. And but you're going to have to get out of this mold because like I told them and then I'm done. I think I'm done. Jesus, I hope I'm done. It's Mother's Day weekend. I know the kingdom is like, and what does that got to do with y'all manifestation, what I'm trying to get to y'all? I told them, y'all, we got to stop playing these little religious games. Okay. You know good and well, every person in here, won't, you, you want more. We play this game to try to, like, because the one thing, I mean, Holy Ghost told me, y'all, God told me, I'm not nervous, y'all are. If I was nervous, there wouldn't be no mansions in heaven. I mean, and... And so, but, but in your heart, you know good and well you want to go on vacation. You know good and well you want to travel. Yeah. A luxurious vacation, not just to the yeah. park. I mean, you want to yeah, go you, to, yeah, yeah, to the park. Something that requires a passport. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And some checking in with some authorities. Did you bring anything illegal back through the country? That, them places, you know what I'm saying? You know good and well that you want a nicer car. You, you want a nicer house, some of you. Now, some, there are some people that they're satisfied, and that is just fine. If you're satisfied, that's your prosperity. Okay. But you know good and well, ladies, you know good and well there's some, some clothes that you want to get. Gentlemen, whatever you do, you know good and well there's some golf clubs, there's some, okay, there's something out there that you want, okay? I was listening to uh, Leroy Thompson, and it was so hilarious. Apparently, Leroy Thompson, I don't, somebody, I don't know who he is, he has a motorcycle club. And apparently, one of the guys in his motorcycle club has a little raggedy motorcycle. And the thing be breaking down while they riding. And uh, Leroy Thompson jumped on that man on a Sunday morning service 
And over there slapping the man and everything. You know how you know how he talk. Get that raggedy bike out of here. Let me ride. Can't nobody ride with me something that's breaking down. You tinkering on something. And he had a point. He said, you tinkering on the thing because in your mind, you don't think you're worthy for a brand new Harley Davidson. He said, you're supposed to be able to get up on a Sunday morning and hit the button on the garage and drive right out your garage and wake up the whole neighborhood. <laughs> Not you sitting up there getting up on a Sunday morning talking about, well, it's a nice day today. Let's see if I can get it started. And see, y'all, let me tell you something. If you won't take pictures of stuff, if you won't plan it, if you won't go out there, somebody was sharing with me in language gym, you know, going out there and, and start looking at stuff. Start, just, just drive through neighborhoods where the police might be called. You know, just to start looking and change your viewpoint. You know, go to some dealerships and, and, and can I help you? I just came to see if I won't, I, you know, just talk big. I just came to see is this car worthy of my time. I, you know, I mean, you got to, is that how I talk? a piece of metal that a man shaped and God got a problem with this okay you got to start taking pictures of this stuff okay and so and you got to go all the way you know I understand how it feels y'all to be a family and and you want to go on a nice vacation and can't but that should never be a word y'all if you believe then you need to say what vacation do we want to go on we want to go on a Disney cruise find out how much the Disney cruise costs. Find out how many days you want to go. Find out all of the other details concerning what's going to have to happen in order for you to go on this thing. Put it on the vision board. Vision boards are very, very powerful because of Habakkuk that says, write the vision and make it plain that you may run. When you got the vision down in detail, it becomes very hard for you to break away from it. Because if you keep looking at that vision board over and over and over again, eventually that thing sticks on the inside of you. And what you keep looking at is now locked on the inside of you. What's locked on inside of you is broadcast toward heaven like a Batman signal. And whatever you broadcast as a Batman signal, how many of you know Batman is coming? Let me just jump in right here, Oath, and say this. If you have, if you have children who are teenagers or older, mm. um, you know, it's important to do this with them. We did it with our children last weekend. We just sat down with them and we made some vision boards. Had them print some pictures out from, you know, just Google some things and print some pictures out. We had some magazine, had some pr- print some pictures out. We're going to finish up this weekend because we started but did not finish. But let me help you. Just please do this. Get poster boards and things for them because as parents, you can unconsciously say things that put this poverty mentality in your children. Mm-hmm. Some things are taught. Some things are caught. And if you, when you're in a particular mode, then the kids catch it too. And unconsciously, they say, well, no, we can't do it because we don't have enough money. No, we can't do it. Even though you're telling your kids, well, God is not limited by your parents <laughs> <laughs> you're telling your kids that go ahead and believe God make your faith listen and the Lord is manifesting some things especially for, for Otha I mean Otha gets trips like that I think Otha's going to also be a world traveler because Otha gets trips paid for I mean just freak I mean just the last minute hey Otha want to go on this trip it's 600 but you don't have to pay for it okay great you know and, and he has wonderful experiences even when I tell him no I mean it still comes to pass like oh okay well hey they still pay for it okay then well I guess you can go you know so yeah he he, he did one we said, no, you can't go. So he decided, he never told us that he decided he was going to do a three-day fast no, over this situation. Seven-day fast. Seven-day fast. He was serious. He didn't even get to day one. And the school calling us, he can go. We'll pay for it. I'm like, man, I, I wish I could fast like that. You know, I'm just, see, see, let me tell you something. You put this on the inside of your kids. Because my wife, let me tell you something. Y'all know how we are. We transparent. I told my wife, I said, we have done a great job with our kids. But I said, we got to reverse some things very, very quickly. I said, because there are some, a couple of areas we've produced a poverty mentality on inside our kids. You know, how many of you know your kids, you know, they do stuff, all that type of stuff. And I would be the first one to say, look, 
Okay, the tuition we pay for y'all, I could finance a few cities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> see my eyebrows? I, I always tell her, oh man, how much we pay for y'all tuition? A month? Oh, I see this nice big old house. I said, I could buy three, four more of these. And, you know, a couple, you know what I'm saying? What they got to do with anything? Nothing. Nothing. You know, okay, not, see? So, and so, 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 if, and, or a period of time, you putting that on the side of kids, well, you know, they want to ask to do something, but we, but, but we can't because we're going to hear this speech about what we don't have. Right. So when I first started preaching this and the Lord brought it to our attention, I told my wife in the car, so we got to change some things. So we got them doing some vision boards. I'm going to have them put down a certain amount of money that they need to be in their savings account. But they ate. I'm going to have them put down a certain amount of money that's supposed to be in the savings account. But they just got born. I'm going to have them put down a certain amount of money and put their hands and write it for them. Y'all, you better practice this stuff because this is what Jesus would do. $100 bills, I, zip, I copy them at home and say, hey, put these on your boards because the money is coming to you. Put these and put this money on your boards because it's coming to you. And you know, it's amazing how they became, they just came alive. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting for them to dream and to think big and that's how God designed them, to think big. Mm-hmm. We're the ones that talk them out of it. So wives, don't talk your husbands out of his dreams. And husbands, don't talk your wives out of their dreams because we all have secret things in our heart. And as soon as we give voice to it, we're like, well, I'm not going to tell anybody because they may talk me out of it. Well, no, don't talk your spouse. They may have just something that's just way far out there. Just encourage your spouse. Love your spouse. Mm -hmm. Love your kids. Encourage your kids. Like I had a child that she wanted to be a doctor and a dentist. I never said, well, you know, you sure you can do that? That's a lot of going... No, I never, I just said, yes, you can be both. In fact, you can be an oral surgeon. You can do both. You want to be a doctor? Sure, you can do it. She changed her mind now. She's changed her mind. But that was what she said. I want to be a doctor and a dentist. So they come up with these things, things that are in their heart, things I believe God put there. And then it's up to us as parents to cultivate those dreams, to recognize the gifting that God has put in our children, and to cultivate those things and nourish them and give them resources and ideas and books and videos to help them with their vision and help them expand the way they think. That's what God does with us, and that's what he's doing with me. And so you can't, you can't make the assumption that, okay, well, she's the pastor's wife, and you know, they both are doing this together. And No, because we're individual. And I'm coming up, y'all. I'm coming up. Amen. I'm coming up fast. I'm not going to be a drag on him. I'm going to support him and love him and help him and keep my mouth shut. My mouth needs to be shut and speak it when I need to speak and keep working on myself so I can be right there running this race. Amen. She said that like it was a problem. What? You saying that like it was a problem in the marriage. I mean, she doesn't complain or anything like that. It's just that we're just honest. Like, you know, and part of it is we give out a lot. So. With me, I think I made the mistake of, and I know I made the mistake of, I was, I, I really was not really focused on me. Because just, you know, you know, I, I don't know if this, whether to say fortunately or unfortunately, we have to deal with these and then the locations, but then we have a, quite a bit of people that call us from around the world. It's getting really, really bad now. It's really, really bad. And, um, I mean, it's just really, really bad. And so, so I'm always engaged, engaged, always trying to help every, trying to help everybody else, you know. But if you, you know, Reggie, if you if you do that too much, you end up losing your own soul. Yeah. You end up losing your own. It's the reason why sometimes preachers' kids end up turning on to be the biggest hellions is because, you know, they don't want to do anything, you know. And so, so I'm, we're just encouraging you. And and let me tell you this: it's going to take a minute for you to get into this. When you, because it's, it's a couple of things I'm getting ready to teach. One is going to shock you out. This one, you might throw a chair at me when I preach this. I'm, well, I'm dead serious. Because this is made, made, made to help you understand 
who you are and what's supposed to come to you. So we encourage you practice these things. And this this requires thought. You're going to have to go home and say, you know what? I just feel this agitation like I've just got to. Let me make sure I say this right. And this is where we're closing for real. Whatever, Lorana. <laughs> um, what God has for you is outside the scope of money. What God has for you is outside the scope of sowing seed. That's where the church is stuck right now. Anything God for you, you got to sow a seed. In order for me to get out of debt, I got to pay off somebody else's debt. In order for me to get a car, I got to put gas in somebody else's car. Where's the stuff in the Bible? Let me interject right here. I had a woman Oh, call. here it go. Here it go. We're going tag team and now Jesus. And Come on. she said, I don't have enough money for my rent. So I want to sow my seed and pay somebody else's rent. I said, well, why is that? And she said, well, because I don't have enough money for my rent. I said, well, did the Lord tell you to do that? Did he tell you to call me and ask if someone need help with their rent so that you can pay their rent and get your rent paid? She says, no. I said, well, then no, I won't receive it. Because the Lord didn't give you that instruction. He didn't, he didn't, no, he just because he had someone else pay somebody else's rent and their rent got paid, doesn't mean you can follow their example and do the same thing and get your rent paid. Mm-hmm. Your rent may go unpaid for a couple of months because you did what somebody else did and not what the Lord said. Mm-hmm. Now, the, per, the Lord gave that person an instruction. And that's why the result came the way it did because it gave them an instruction. It wasn't about copying what somebody else did. So I'm sorry. Yes. No, he ain't got a pop. It's right here where I'm telling you. And as she is preaching, the Lord said, I'll bring you out because of who you are, not what you do. Now, I might require you to do some things because of who you are. But right now, it's unfortunate. See, the world don't think, y'all told them, the world don't take a financial class and walk up and walk to the professor. You got a word for me? Yeah, read your material and do what I said about the stock market, no market. And so right now, right across, always looking for a word, always for a word. Okay. And instead of saying, okay, how do I ingrain myself in a kingdom culture where no matter where I go, I have to reject stuff because it's all trying to jump on me. If God walked this planet, y'all, I'm telling you, well, he is through us, you know, but but that's the thing that you got to get out of is that everything is based on what's in your pocket. I, I, I had a problem for years. I was like, all these men was talking about sow a seed, sow a seed, sow a seed, sow a seed, sow a seed. But I was reading all of the men in the, in the Bible that were prospering, and it didn't say nothing about a seed was attached to it. Some men, like King Solomon, and the Lord asked, gave, that was just ridiculous. But I saw other men, like the woman that was in debt. They didn't say nothing about sowing no seed. They said follow instructions. Watch this. In the kingdom, it's more important to follow instructions than it is to sow seed. Preachers don't like to say that because they need your money to survive because without the money, they don't know how to survive. I'm just, y'all, I'm just keeping it real. Let me tell you something. The greatest deliverance I got was from Bishop David Oyedepo, my pastor, when he said, if your blueprint lines up with heaven, you can force the people not to give every single last one of them and the resources still show up. That's why I don't have serve, officers in the service. Only time we do is when we raise it for a homeless person or something like that. Okay? And so, and so now I'm not saying other people have to do that, and I'm not saying that they're wrong or they don't. What I'm saying is a different dimension of doing things. It's when I follow a blueprint, resources come in like a river. But when I'm, when I'm building the church, I got to make sure that everybody is giving and make sure, y'all, it, psh, I ain't got time for that. My last one. 
that old stupid song about Christmas and about whether they've been naughty or nice, and you can throw that song in the trash. God said, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? He said, use common sense. How many of y'all bless your children because they sow seed? How many know your kids acted a fool throughout the year, and they didn't do what you said? They got an attitude about cleaning their room, and, and we do the same thing to God. So we ain't blaming our children. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not talking about our kids. I'm just all of our kids. We all did it as, as kids, too. You know what I'm saying? And, and Christmas time come back around, you thinking about how much you can get them. You always thinking about what you can give your kids. Always, at all times. Now, you may have to go to the dollar store and get them something for their birthday, but you're in there at the dollar store with an attitude wishing you can go to Macy's. But God said, how much more? Only, unfortunately for some of you, the only way you can understand what God wants to do for you is what you, whatever you want to do for your kids is what God wants to do for you. And these rappers out here buying houses and cars for their kids before they got driver's license. Was it Master Peep? Whatever his name is. The, the names keep, keep changing so much you can't keep track of the stuff. But, but he said he, he bought a he bought a uh, expensive he bought a Rolls Royce for his son before he could drive. The boy was like eleven or twelve. He just let him sit in it. I just want you to dream about your future. It's yours. You can't drive it yet, but I'm still giving it to you. Bought him a house next to his, so he can living in his own house. It's okay for them to do that. But you living right and you can't do nothing. Uh, y'all, it's going to take a minute. We're going to be on this for a little bit. We've already been on it for a little bit, but that was the precursor to what's to come because the Lord is trying to shock you out of this thing that you're supposed to have a little bit, that you're supposed to have much. You're supposed to have something running. All of these scriptural terms, goodness and mercy, shall follow me all the days of my life. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. That's just a general, that's how it starts. It just starts that way. The Lord is my shepherd, therefore I shall not lack anything. My cup runneth over. Sitting up here reading that as the preacher walks in doing the funeral following the casket. Y'all been in these funerals? And they reading this stuff doing the funeral. You know because you played at them. Go ahead and stand. I'm serious. I used to get to go to these funerals. The Lord. And they're walking real slow. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not walk. This is all prosperity. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. It's not how that was supposed to be shared, Violet. That scripture was supposed to be played with some dancing music. I ain't gonna fool with him. He came from the church to know how to play all that stuff. Okay? So, y'all, the Lord is trying to do something for us. When, when the moment you became born again, you entered into eternity. Therefore, what they have for you for eternity, you are supposed to have now. Because you are already living forever. It's not going to change on the other side. They're trying to get the other side to come down now so that you have something to testify about and be joyous about. Because in the kingdom of heaven, poverty is disgusting. You need to remember that. You got anything else you want to add? I mean, you know I do, but 
Yeah, we, you know, my, when my wife and I get together, boy, we can, man, we'll tag team and we both be slapping each other, preaching. Come on, give me another one. Oh, thank God. I mean, it's dangerous, man. We're sitting up at home, get to talking, man. We get into the zone and, and we both sitting up there like, and she'll be like, mm, hold it, stop. Mm. It's something about that iron sharpens iron and you stirring up stuff and, and, and stuff starts popping up. And it's like, where is this coming from? Okay, so how many of y'all know we're going someplace? Okay. And it's for the whole body of Christ, whole body of Christ. But, but somebody got to break this thing and come up so that we can show everybody how to come up and so that we can show the sinners where they need to come into so they can come up. Okay, so hallelujah. Go ahead and lift your hands.